What is up, everybody? Welcome to Round Up Live. Here we are with Inside Gaming with all the latest gaming news. And uh, Starfield hasn't even come out yet, and it has a lot of controversy, y'all. How do you feel about start screens? I'm just going to start off there. What, what? Uh, I need them to be perfect, or else the game is garbage, and I will complain on the internet. <laughs> I like I mean, our do you even start care? Do you, uh, no, like, no. is that something you pay attention to I mean, when, it, when, when, it, when they're cool? I mean, when they're cool, they're cool. But I mean, I, I don't like go out of my way to be like, oh my God, this game is trash because of a start screen. Okay. Okay. What about you, Blizz? I'm, I was going to say, I don't really care, but we loaded into Baldur's Gate start screen and I was like, this is a pretty good start screen. So I guess I do care a little bit. Yeah, I personally feel like you can kind of judge a lot about a start screen. I mean, I'll use my favorite game, for example, Kingdom Hearts. It's nothing like special. Honestly, it's kind of just an image, but like it immediately immerses you in a game. So like I get the emphasis of this, but uh, apparently as particular developer, ex-Blizzard dev at Grums has some serious beef with the Starfield start screen. And it got pretty bad on Twitter over the weekend, y'all. I'm talking shots were flying everywhere. Developers chiming back. The internet was going by storm. All because of what the developers were saying about it. That it lacked any polish, any anything. Showed that the developers didn't care. So I'm going to actually show y'all what it looks like. This is the leaked okay. footage uh, before reviews are out. So someone did indeed break embargo in order to show this to everybody uh and it is pretty generic a am i wrong like oh, oh my god i'm canceling my pre-order this looks like a halo start screen to me yeah it looks very halo-esque yeah not, nothing i mean nothing wild nothing bad it's it's fine it's fine I feel it's, like... it's no it's no spider-man there's no no playstation spider-man but yeah, mean, it's, it's no me it's... <laughs> i, I... I hear you. I hear you. And also, Grums, I don't I don't know what's going on with you, boy. Uh, homie, I love you. But the start scream of a game can reveal a lot about how rushed the team was and how much pride they took in their world, in their work, all based on the start screen. Uh, the screen either shows hastily shipping deadlines by a passionate team overworked or a team that just didn't care. I feel like someone's a little butthurt. Am I, I wrong? I think that's a that's, reach. That's that take reach. is a bit hot. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> That's a bit silly. Metallica's best album is the Black Album. It's literally just a solid black cover. Uh, come on, it doesn't matter. Like you know, I don't want to judge. Good. I don't want to judge a book by its cover, even though I've been doing that a lot these days. But like, it could still be a good game. Maybe they put most of the focus into the actual content of the game versus the start screen. But one hundred percent, Heinz, actually a longtime Bethesda employee, kind of clapped back and joined in on the discussion. Drama. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up the tweet right now. They said, or perhaps the developing team just designed what they wanted, and that's been our menu for years. In Ooh. reference to previous other games that they've used, when you look at other Bethesda games like Skyrim, very minimalistic. And this was one of the first things we settled on as a developer from Bethesda, saying, shut up, please. <laughs> Drama. <laughs> Black Viking says, please shut up. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are sick of it. The game hasn't even come out. You're starting all this controversy over a mother effing start screen. Talking about the game is going to be a failure. It shows that it was hastily put it together. I don't know if I believe it, though, if I'm being honest, y'all. No, yeah. no, no. I, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, like, honestly, like, would you rather they them sinking time into a start screen as opposed to, like, <laughs> you know, level design or something like that? It's like, oh, yeah, it's a start screen. You know, you, as long as you've got start game options, 
load and i think you're pretty much at exit i guess like what else do you need like who cares i'm with you honestly it was back and forth on the audience's reception everyone online was going back and forth but grums did not stop at clapping back people quoting hey this game is totally gonna flop no passion at all with a screenshot of baldur's gate start screen which is pretty simplistic if i'm being <laughs> honest and grums did not Handleback says, I have some critiques. There are uh, there are things and elements of a start screen that do kind of bring you in are important. And, and I hear you. I, I do hear you. I feel like there are some valid critiques when you bring about uh, what does a start screen supposed to do? What makes a good start screen? Uh, and caring about the game? I don't know. I just I just don't know where the leap is from the start screen and the emphasis on developers not caring about their game. It well, makes no sense. Am I bald or is it the music that also helps with the start screen? Because Baldur's Gate, I'll be honest, like I didn't really care about the start screen, but the music's really nice. It now, pulled me in. I will give you one thing. So one thing, you know, as opposed to a start screen, I will say a title screen can be done really, really well, too. Like Assassin's Creed is really great about having really mm -hmm. cinematic, awesome opening moments. And that, like, Assassin's Creed start screens are garbage now. I mean, it's, like, just a, a bunch of options. But, like, I think to me the title card is what I remember. I don't care about the start screen. I just want to get into the game. So Yeah. <laughs> Usually when you have really intricate start screens, it's a sign of like very thorough teams that pay attention to detail, but not one of a team that doesn't care about their work. I mean, yeah. if the game is packing, who cares that the start screen is just a small menu with a, a planet in, a, in the background? I mean, Alien Isolation start screen isn't anything fancy, but Grums has to say it's not the minimalism I'm commenting on. It's just the genericness of it. And I kind of hear him a little bit. But I really have to say, I think they went too far on this one, y'all. I was heated. Nice. They are literally Mr. Fantastic which with the range that they are reaching. Because <laughs> that's just me, personally. <laughs> well, Starfield reviews go live August 31st, one day ahead of early access launch. And it will release for the rest of us on September 6th. So if you're excited for the game, be sure to check that out. But uh, I'm not so sure that a start screen is going to determine whether or not a game is good or bad. Or whether do developers yeah. care about the game or not hold your horses all right well bk i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in here okay mind me asking i actually have a question for you and jack have you ever wanted to play video games outside i mean like on like a switch or like my phone oh i didn't account for that <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, do I have the device for you. Oh, Samsung please. is turning its uh, portable projector into a cloud gaming device. It looks really cool. It's very sleek. Uh, but that's right, gamers. You can finally do what, you, what I've been telling you to do since day one. Go outside and touch grass while also cranking some six 360s in Halo. This device is called the Freestyle Gen 2, and it comes with Samsung's gaming hub which includes, if you don't know, I didn't even know about this. Did you all know about Xbox Cloud Gaming? Yeah, yeah, of yes. course. Where have you been? It's the cloud, it's gaming, multiple devices, better than Stadia, like... Hey, you take your projector, you point it at a cloud, and you can see it on the bottom of it. No, right? Jack, That's what we're no. talking about, cloud gaming? No, oh, brother. Well, this device comes with Samsung's gaming hub, which includes Xbox Cloud Gaming, NVIDIA GeForce Now, and Amazon Luna, which is honestly a lot. I had to Google Cloud Gaming. It's still in beta. I had no idea it was in beta, uh, but it has some major games on there like Fortnite, Mortal Kombat 11, Sea of Thieves, even the good old Halo. Also, if you're wondering about controllers, I got gotcha. you. Any Bluetooth controller can work for this. 
Uh, I prefer doing an Xbox Bluetooth controller because I'm an Xbox kid at heart. But let's talk some specs because I really care about specs. Uh, so this projector outputs at 1080p with a refresh rate of 60 hertz. Really? That's 60 ouchies. Decent. That's actually decent for a projector. Um, it can also range from 30 to 100 inches, which is pretty hot if you ask me. Uh, they will also have streaming. <laughs> they will also have streaming apps like Hulu and Netflix on it, so that you can you know go outside and watch Netflix. Does this seem counterproductive? Am I wrong on this? What like, what what is counterproductive about it? Oh, to go outside and watch <laughs> watch streaming <laughs> services, play games. Uh, Blizz, can I tell you something? You don't yeah. have to do it outside. You can just do it inside if you want. Oh, I didn't think about that either. <laughs> it's, it's just a projector, man. It's Anyways, a projector. <laughs> maybe you can watch this stream on a projector and let us know if you ever buy one, or you could just buy a Samsung fridge <laughs> and do the same thing. I don't know. That one has food in it. Anyways, the peak brightness of this projector is. 230 uh, ANSI Lumen, basically, you're just going to need like a dimly lit area in order for it to work. It does have one micro HDMI port, which could be an issue, but I do suggest getting an adapter for it if you plan on, you know, buying this device, uh, if you ever want to connect any other device to it. What's even more awesome, there is something on it called Easy Setup. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. How old are you, Blizz? How I'm supposed to be the old man. Is it? It's called one touch so, setup, you guys. It's called smooth it's motion. Called it makes easy, everything look like a soap opera. It's great. Easy setup. So it automatically levels, focuses, and optimizes the screen for whatever you plan to project in it. Wow. If you've ever, <laughs> if you've ever set up a projector, this is a sick thing because it takes me a bit in order to get everything focused. Uh, so now what happens if like you're in the woods, you want to play some halo in the woods. Well, this might be a little bit difficult. Um, I couldn't think of any other outside example now that mm -hmm. I think about it. Oh, mountain. If you're in the mountains, let's say you're in the mountains and you want to play halo on the mountaintop. How can you do that? Well, it's a, you have to purchase $190 for a base battery because it doesn't come with one. So. <laughs> That I sucks. Mean, I mean, it makes sense. Most projectors don't come with batteries, so right. But yeah. if you're if you're advertising, hear me out, y'all. If you're advertising this gaming projector, cloud integration, da da da, da mm -hmm. and you're not like including this battery pack, like that's the first question. Go outside, use it on the go. How the hell am I plugging it in? Is there like an AC adapter? Like, can I plug it into my car? Like, what's, no. what's going on? You can you can buy this base battery for $190. And I'll be honest, didn't even tell me how long it was gonna last on the battery. Does so does, does it have like built in like like 4G, 5G, anything like that? Or do you have oh Jack? Oh, it's also unknown if this device has an Ethernet cable, so we can only assume that this device will run off of Wi-Fi. So if you're in the mountains, turn on your hotspot and hopefully that will help you out in what you need. It feels like personally Samsung's trying to get their foot into the world of gaming. And I get it, Netflix, I reported on that last time, Netflix was trying to get their foot in. Actually, they already have their foot in, which is pretty cool. So this could be profitable for them.
Well, Samsung's uh, had a long relationship with like Microsoft and whatnot. They, yeah, they, they mm-hmm. were the official monitor for Xboxes for a long time. I don't know if they are again, but uh, I'm, I think they while. actually still are. There's a lot of really like easy, seamless integration with using your Xbox on Samsung TVs. I'm a Samsung household, and I can play Ooh. all of my games uh, cross save without even plugging in my console to my TV with their app system. So I can see the future of this going really well. And I've always wanted to play video games on a projector. I don't know what it is about it in the mountains. Okay, but also just like imagine <laughs> laying on your bed, looking up at the ceiling, and you're in no, Starfield. Cool. I just Baldur's couldn't Gate. conceptualize bringing a projector inside the house for some reason, and it makes sense now that you said it out loud that we could play on a ceiling. Why didn't I not you, think of that? Would you have to have it like on the bed with it, like it, like like you're holding it between your legs, looking yes. straight up with the yeah, okay, a little food tray. You put it there. Little, you got your game. Food. Controllers okay. and your drinky poos okay. and a little whole set says mount it to a headband. Anyways, okay, so <laughs> right. this device is coming out September first, and it is uh, priced at seven hundred and ninety nine dollars, super affordable. And to seal the deal, if you order now, chat, Samsung will throw in a special travel case for free. <laughs> or hear me out, just get a Steam Deck. No! <laughs> just get a Steam Deck. Dude. I can't project my Steam Deck though. <laughs> just, but you can go outside with. But games, the Steam Deck's just true. so small. Like I, I want to play Baldur's Gate on a rock. Or show it to my friends in the mountains. <laughs> okay, that's the Steam Deck or something. Oh, All right, that's man. what I got. Um, right, do we have well, any other better news? Anything? Uh, l- let's talk about Ubisoft. How about that? Uh, so we, we get some sad news. Uh, just this past week, uh, Ubisoft announced that they had canceled the sequel to Immortals Phoenix Rising, which if you don't know what Immortals Phoenix Rising is, pretty great game. I don't know if they actually announced it, but it, it, it leaked out that it, is, it has been canceled. Uh, Steve Dottillo over at Axios actually dropped a really big article about the uh, the canceled game, Immortals Phoenix Rising. It, the original game came out in December of 2020. A lot of people missed it. It was actually a really, really great game. Um, the article itself, the Axios article, is really in-depth, kind of talks about different stuff on it. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Immortals Phoenix Rising is, uh, from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer, Immortals Phoenix Rising was developed by Ubisoft Quebec, the team which created Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Game director Scott Phillips added that the project originated from a software bug the team discovered during the development of Odyssey, which changed the humans on the player's crew into giant cyclopses, and decided that would be a good idea to create a separate game that embraces the mythological side of Greece. And then due to the positive reception of Odyssey, Ubisoft's management agreed to greenlight the project. So it came out shortly after Odyssey hit, you know, and all of that fun time and it was a really really cool game it had a different sort of take on things where it was like um it was narrated by prometheus talking to zeus and it had like this comedic element to it um it was kind of like sort of like uh the uh like wind waker like kind of like that animated style of game really really pretty game um that axios article is really massive and if you don't want to read through all that benji sales over on twitter which some people refer to as x now uh they said it was (laughs) so kind of broke it down simplified it uh it was inspired by elden ring and zelda wind waker it had multiple island uh polynesian uh, archipelago archipelago uh (laughs) More realistic visuals, no checklist open world organic discovery like Elden Ring, and a very different Ubisoft game is what they called it. So basically they were going to change it up a little bit from what you knew if you ever played the first game. It was it was pretty linear. I mean, like it was kind of like do this to get this, do this to get this, do this to get to this, and then you're done. You go to the end of the game. But it was a very puzzle-based game, a lot of fun. I mean, I really enjoyed it when I played it. I never finished it, but I did enjoy playing it. And, uh, and, and it is sad to hear, you know, titles that, you know, started and looked promising and then 
got scrapped in the long run. But uh, let us know in chat if you actually played Immortals Phoenix Rising, and if you were looking forward to the sequel, or if you even knew there was a sequel in the works. This this new one would have been more realistic as opposed to as cartoony. But, I mean, the, the few things that have leaked out made it look pretty neat. And uh, I'm a little bit little bit sad. Uh, Kate Callstock says, I played it, found it very fun. So yeah, there you go. I Did either you guys play it? On launch. Yeah, I played it a I lot. I was actually super hyped because like it was a female pro tag and like I, I love adventures like that, but I've never been into uh, mythological things. Um, and it did a good job at like telling you about the gods and like kind of a little bit of educational, but still such great comedy. And it was yeah. very refreshing. Everything was super serious at the time. Um, and there was a lot of potential from like the systems that it had when exploring and like the puzzle work. So to hear like a sequel even being in the works and then it was going to be, again, set in Polynesian gods, like just so awesome. Like that so could have cool. been amazing. Yeah. Ah! I mean, it was a lot of fun because, like, I mean, this came out just after Odyssey, and Odyssey was a very serious take on, like, the Greek mythology and whatnot, and this was like, let's just have fun with it. And it was it was a little bit more lighthearted, and I dug that. I liked that a lot. It was it was a good, fun game, and it's sad that we're not going to see a sequel for it. But that's the world of video games. Sometimes you get uh, massive hitters, and sometimes it just nothing happens with it. Massive so. spitters. Anyway, that's all I got for uh, this Ubisoft title that has been canceled. Obviously, uh, right now, Gamescom is going on, or Gamescon is going on, and there's a ton of announcements literally happening right now as we're speaking about, like, Tekken. And uh, there's more Assassin's Creed stuff coming soon. And like Skull and Bones is around. It's, it's so much cool stuff. Uh, come back on Thursday. We're, we're going to do a wrap up of what happened during Gamescon. So uh, that should be a fun one. And I think that's going to be it for us today. Well, thank you for hanging out with us. This was Inside Gaming Roundup Live. We'll see you next time. Bye.